بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن اقتدى بسنته إلى يوم الدين أما بعد قال النووي رحمه الله تعالى الحديث الثاني والثلاثون الحديث الثاني والثلاثون نبي سعيد سعد بن مالك بن سنان الخدري رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا ضرر ولا ضرار قال نووي رحمه الله حديث حسن رواه ابن ماجه والدار قطني وغيرهما مسندا ورواه مالك في الموطا مرسلا عن عمرو بن يحيى عن ابيه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فاسقط ابا سعيد وله طرق يقوي بعضها بعضا وله طرق يقوي بعضها بعضا this uh, 32nd 32nd hadith in uh, the 40 hadith of anaw rahimullah says on abu said al khudri said al khudri radiyallahu an yani sa'd ibn malik ibn sinan al khudri radiyallahu an he said that the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqul qal la darara wa la dirar there should not be any harming there should not be any harming nor reciprocating harm reacting in harm there should be no harming or reciprocating or reacting in harm or with harm and uh, now we rahimahullah ta'ala he uh, brought some benefits of ilm uh, hadith and his takhreej of this uh, hadith and he said that the hadith is hasan he said hasanun hadith it is hasan and it's in the sunan of ibn majah hasan and darqutani and others as a musnad hadith musnad hadith it means that is connected ascribed uh, to the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam is is connected it's musnad is connected it's a musnad hadith and in the muwatta of uh, imam malik it's mursal meaning that there is a sahabi that has been omitted in this hadith and that sahabi here is uh, abu said al khudri radiyallahu an has been omitted in the chain of narration that is in the muwatta of imam malik from amr ibn yahya from his father from the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so leaving abu said from the chain and anawi rahimahullah ta'ala he makes a ruling on this hadith 
And he says that he has other chains of narrations that strengthen one another. And this Khwati Kiram wa shows us uh, the golden nature of this 40 hadith. As you find in this 40 hadith, in this hadith alone, we have the science of hadith that the Talbi ilm, the student of hadith, the student of knowledge, one wanting to learn the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and its authenticity and so forth. If you increase in the iman on the intricacy and the detail in which the imma have placed in ascertaining whether a, a narration, a hadith, is marwi on yunsab, and Yusabila Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam it should be ascribed to the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And here we find in this thirty second hadith a nice uh, short taqrij from Annawi rahimahullah ta'ala, firstly telling us that the hadith is Hassan and telling us that it's found in the uh, in the Sunnah of Ibn Majah and then Dar Qutani and Dar Qutani is actually this hadith here with this chain, with this Abu Sa'id al-Qudri. And as for Ibn Majah, is an Ubaidah. So different, two different Sahabi, but the same narration. And it's connected as it relates to its Itisal and Senate and Snad and stuff. But as for the second uh, category in which this hadith is found, it's Mursal. Again, showing us another type of science issue of the science of hadith, and that is Mursal, where the Sahabi is missing in the chain. And the Tabi'i narrates directly from the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We know that this is impossible because they did not meet the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So therefore, there is discrepancy in that form because it's Mursal, and that is that they've just taken it to the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, without mentioning the Sahabi that they got it from now. So he mentions all of this in this short uh, taqrij which brings us to the first main point of this hadith. The first point of this hadith is the takhrij of the hadith. We're going to talk a bit more about the takhrij of the hadith. And that is the state of this hadith as it relates to its authenticity. And this hadith and this isnad is weak. Isnad is weak. And the ulama have declared the chain to be weak. <clears throat> this hadith of Abi Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu anhu Allah have discussed that this hadith this isnad is weak and likewise the hadith that is in Ibn Majah is weak the one in Dar Qutani is weak and the reason why they've said that is weak and those who have made it weak is the likes of Ibn Abdi Barr and Imam al-Zahabi they declared it to be weak for many reasons. The first reason is that there is a narrator called Abdul Aziz Al-Darawurdi. Abdul Aziz Al-Darawurdi. And he's not, he's considered not to be strong. And Abu Zur'a, Abu Man, Abu Zur'a, he said that this individual has sayyil hifth, he has a weak memory. And Ibn Rajab, 
he said that كان الإمام أحمد يضاعف ما حدث به من حفظه that Imam Ahmed Rahimullah he used to weak declare as weak that which this individual Abdul Aziz Adarawurdi narrated from his memory from his hefz that's the first reason why this hadith is considered weak because of Abdul Aziz Adarawurdi and Imam Ahmed did not accept any narration that he narrated from his memory because he had bad memory the second reason why this hadith is considered weak by some of the imma, some of the ulama, is that as, as uh, Nawawi mentions that there is ikhtilaf. There is a dis- difference and there is contradictions. Some isnads are saying it's the mention of sahaba in the isnad and other narrations like in the one in, in the Malik mentions the tabi'i to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, the issue now is, the one that actually mentions, and that's this hadith here of Abi Sa'id, where the Sahabi is mentioned, this narration is weaker than the one where the Sahabi is omitted. So therefore, some of the ulama hold that the true isnad, the true narration of this hadith is mursal, is the narration with the Sahabi missing. This is the strongest one. This is the one should be considered. And it's weak because the Sahabi is missing. But it's still stronger than the one when the Sahaba is mentioned as Ta'ala quoted in this 32nd hadith. So with that, the ulama have said that it's weak. But as Ta'ala he mentioned that لَهَا تُرُقٌ as he says, Rahimullah Ta'ala, وَلَهُ تُرُقٌ يُقَوِّي بَعْضُهَا بَعْضًا There are different chains and different narrations, different uh, avenues in which this narration is mentioned, and each avenue strengthens the other avenue, meaning that the weakness of each avenue is not as such where it cannot be strengthened. It could be strengthened, and it takes it to Hassan. As some of the ulama have said, it's Hassan li It means it's sound because of compilation of other chains that have helped each other in strength. And, and now we, rahimahullah ta'ala, as you can see, he's the one who says that this is Hassan. And likewise, uh, Sheikh Al-Albani, rahimahullah ta'ala, the muhaddith of this time, he declared it to be authentic because of the various avenues and chains and narrations that are seen in this text, this hadith. And to add to that, this hadith, يُعْتَبَرْ قَاعِدَةً مِنْ قَوَاعِدِ الْخَمْسِ الْكُبَارِ كبار. And that is that this hadith is considered as a principle even though we had these discrepancies in the trains and narrations, that which strengthens the, the texts and the wording is that the ulama hold this meaning in this hadith to be one of the major five principles uh, in the qawaid of fiqiyya, in principles that are used as relates to rulings and fiqh and jurisprudence. This hadith is considered to be one of the five. So much so that Ibn Abdi'l-Barr Rahimahullah Ta'ala Ibn Abdi Bar, who was from 
the Andalus uh, kind of area, and he was from the ulama of Hadith, and he did a book called At-Tamheed, explaining the muwatta of Imam Malik and his tithkar, the muwatta of Imam Malik, Ibn Adibar. Huh? He said, Rahimullah, وَأَمَّا مَعْنَ هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ فَالصَّحِيحِ فِي الْأُصُولِ وَقَدْ ثَبَتَ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَنَّهُ قَالْ حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ دَمَّهُ وَمَالَهُ وَإِرْضَهُ He said, رَحِمُهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى that this hadith is considered, the meaning of this hadith is considered Correct. لا ضرر ولا درار. No harming and no reciprocating harm. It's considered halal. It's considered sahih. It's considered sahih. Yani, it's considered, the meaning is considered correct fil usul in the fundamentals as mentioned. Because it has been established, the hadith of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, أنه قال that he said that Allah has made haram the blood of the believer the wealth of the believer and the honor of the believer يعني do not harm the believer as it relates to his blood do not spill his blood unlawfully and do not take his wealth unlawfully and do not dishonor him and do not dishonor him. And this all has the meaning of not harming. La darar wa la dirar. Not harming. So based upon this hadith and others, it shows that this is, in fact, the meaning is authentic. And the meaning is indeed a meaning which is found in many areas in the book of Allah and the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And from that is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can take this as point number three or point number uh, two, sorry. From that is the statement of the Messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. مِن بَعْدِ وَسِيَّةٍ يُوصُوَ بِهَا أَوْدَيْن غَيْرَ مُضَارٍ Regarding to the bequeath and, and a wasiyah, leaving a bequeath and يُوصُوَ بِهَا أَوْدَيْن no one is to be harmed. There's no one to be harmed. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also said regarding divorce. The divorce, the second divorce, after that, you can go back to the wife Take her back, but in ma'roof, in good. Yani don't harm her. Or leave her in good, don't harm her if you leave her. So this goes in accordance to the meaning of this hadith. La darar la dirar. No harming and no reciprocating harm. At-talaqu marratan fa'imsakun bima'roofin aw tasrihun bi'ihsan. If you're going to keep the wife after the second divorce, you can take her back. After the second, after the third, la. After the second, you can take her back. And if you take her back, live with her in good, 
don't harm her. And leave her in good, don't harm her. And likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned regarding bearing of witness in, 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 in issues of transactions and so forth. وَأَشْهِدُوا إِذَا تَبَيَعْتُمْ وَلَا يُضَارٌ وَلَا يُضَارَ كَاتِبٌ وَلَا شَهِيدٌ The one that is witnessing this transaction or witnessing this dain or this type of uh, boring, the one who's witnessing and the one who is writing it should not be harmed. And likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَتُضَارَّ وَالِدَةٌ بِوَالَدِهَا وَلَا مَوْلُودٌ لَهُ بِوَالَدِهِ وَعَلَى الْوَارِثِ مِثْلَ ذَلِكَ Regarding inheritance, the child should not be harmed in any way, oppressed, and neither should uh, the parents or the mum and so forth. Yet yani this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala making it prohibited in harming in inheritance, in harming people in inheritance as it relates to inheritance. And likewise we have the hadith, and Abi Shuraih, and Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam al والله لا يؤمن والله لا يؤمن والله لا يؤمن قيل ومن يا رسول الله قال الذي لا يأمن جاره بوائقه الذي لا يأمن جاره بوائقه نس حديث صحيح بخاري عن أبي شريح that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he said, Wallahi la yu'min. By Allah, he does not believe. He does not believe. Wallahi, he doesn't believe. Wallahi, he doesn't believe. Said it three times. Who's the one that doesn't believe? The Sahaba asked. And the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, the one that his neighbor is not safe from his evil. The one that his neighbor... He's not safe from his evil. Bawa'iqahu. And in another narration, the narration of Ahmed, Qila wama bawa'iqahu. What is the bawa'iq? The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Sharruhu. He's evil. The one that the, the neighbor is not free from his evil, he has a weakness in his man, in his iman. His iman is deficient because he harms his neighbor. So in this hadith, it shows the prohibition of harming the neighbor. And likewise, we have another narration of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, Man kana yu'minu billah wal yawmil akhir fala yu'zi jarahu. Whoever believes in Allah and the last day, then he should not harm his neighbor. So this is again in accordance to the hadith in the 32nd hadith here that Nawi rahimahullah ta'ala has placed la dara wa la dirar no harming no oppressing so therefore we find this meaning of this hadith is 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 widespread and the reason why it's widespread is which brings us to point number 4 and that it, it is widespread because this is a qaida min qawaid al As mentioned before, in this fourth point, we're mentioning that it is from the fundamentals of the qawaid in which rulings have emanated and, and, and have been understood. And the nusus and the text 
is where it's been extrapolated from. And for example, the qaida is الضرر yuzal. Harm is to be removed. That's, not, that's, that's one of the principles which is related to this hadith. The second principle that's related to this hadith, الضرر يدفع بقدر الإمكان. And that is the harm should be removed according to one's ability. This is taken again from this hadith. And another qaida, الضرر يزال بضرر الأخف. الضرر يزال بضرر الأخف. And that is harmful, or something that is harmful, is to be removed by something that is less harmful. Less harmful. Not more harmful. You don't remove something that's harmful with something that is more harmful in its place. And likewise, another qaida, الضرر لا يزال بمثله. And if it's the same in harm, you do not use it. You leave the harm as it is. All of this, barakallahu is taken from this hadith of Abi Sa'id. Sa'd ibn Malik ibn Sinan, al-Khudari radiyallahu an. أنا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا ضرر ولا ضرار. So the meaning is there. It's a fundamental qaida from the fifth five main principles as used in qaida fiqhiyah. So therefore, it shows its importance. It shows its importance. Now, let's go to point number five. النقطه الخامسه the fourth, the fifth point of today's lesson لا ضرر ولا ضرار the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam said لا ضرر ولا ضرار is this ضرر one meaning and ضرار another meaning what is the meaning of these two portions of this hadith لا ضرر ولا ضرار some of the ulama have said that الضرر and الدرار بمعنى واحد بمعنى واحد it's one meaning don't harm ولكنه كرر من باب التأكيد but it's been repeated due to its importance so basically it means do not harm some of the ulama have said but the correct opinion perhaps is that there is a difference and as Shaykh Nuthaymin rahimullahu ta'ala he said that the asl is ta'sis thumma ta'kid. And that is that the origin is in regarding anything that's mentioned or two words that are similar is see it as having independent meanings. That's the first way. We do not go straight to saying that it's emphasized, it's repeated, because it's not the same wording. We don't say that it's the same meaning repeated. But rather, we initially we look at it and say there is a difference. And then if there is no difference found, then we say that it is emphasized. So here there is a difference. And that difference is that لا ضرر يعني لا يكون منك ضرر على الناس لا ضرر no harm, meaning do not harm the people. Do not initiate harm. لا ضرر يعني do not initiate harm on the people. 
Wala dirar. Do not reciprocate. Yani do not uh, combat harm with harm. Do not react when somebody has harmed you. Do not react with harm to them. But rather, ihsan. Qabiluhu bil ihsan. Wal afwi wasafhi wahada min akhlaq al mu'minin. Sheikh Saleh al Fawzan. Allah Ta'ala has mentioned. Rather, when somebody harms you, you react with good and showing good etiquette. With sabr, la dirar, do not, uh, like he said, two, like we say uh, the saying, uh, two evils do not make a, a good or two wrongs do not make a right or something of that, that qabil. Do not return evil behavior with evil or harm but rather be ihsan combat it with good and ihsan and forgiven forgiveness rather and forgiveness and pardoning this is from the characteristics of the believer as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he said فَمَنْ عَفَى وَأَصْلَحَ فَأَجْرُهُ عَلَى اللَّهِ whoever forgives and pardons then his reward is with Allah. Ladirar. Do not reply harmful behavior with harmful behavior. Ta'fu wa tasfahu. Faman afa wa aslahu wa aslah fa'ajruhu alallah. Whoever forgives and pardons, then his reward is with Allah. So therefore, Ladirar, it means do not initiate harm. وَلَا dirar Do not react and re- respond with harm when harm has been uh, shown to you. When harm has been shown to you. وَمَا يُلَقَّاهَا إِلَّا الَّذِينَ صَبَرُوا وَمَا يُلَقَّاهَا إِلَّا ذُو حَظٍ عَظِيمٍ Something which is difficult. But the only the one that actually attains this. وَمَا يُلَقَّاهَا إِلَّا الَّذِينَ صَبَرُوا the one who is the people of patience, they're the ones who achieve this. Huh? And وَمَا يُلَقَّاهَا إِلَّا ذُو حَظِ nothing. The one that's been given great fortune. Allah's given him that tawfiq, that even when harm has been given to him or he's been exposed to harm, he does not respond with harm. Allah. And this is, shows you the akhlaq of the believers and in this amazing hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And finally, we finish today's lesson with point number six. And that is the fawaid, general benefits that can be extrapolated from this hadith. The first benefit is the guidance of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in protecting the being and the well-being of the believers in this hadith. Educating his sahaba, and also those after them, from their students and the students and so forth, as to not harming the believers. And this is from the revelation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and it shows the compassion of the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam in educating his Sahaba. 
رضي الله عنهم أجمعين. The second benefit that we can take from this hadith is the prohibition of harming. The prohibition of harming each other. And likewise, the prohibition of responding with evil or harm that one has shown you with harm. And this is clear in this hadith. The third benefit that we can take from this hadith is that in this hadith is from the Qawaid al-Fiqiyah al-Kubar. From the main five principles of fiqh is one of these. And that is not harming and not replying to harm with harm. And there are sub-principles based on this, like we've mentioned, is that harm should be removed. And likewise, harm should not be combated with harm of its lights. And likewise, harm should be removed by that which is akhaf and less than it in harm. And it shows you the amazing benefits that the Muslim, if they were to implement this qaida in their lives, it will save a lot of trouble. If the khawarij, such as the ISIS, Boko Haram, uh, ISIL, Shabab, all of these khawarij, deviants, opposers of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they listened and they reflected and they, they sought ilm and took the, this hadith of the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam seriously, they realized that the actions that they are doing is opposing to the revelation and opposing to a fundamental from the fundamentals of this deen. And from that is balancing the evil and the harm. These individuals are causing more harm than the evil that they claim is present. And even if you are right in the evil that is present, the way that you're responding to it is more evil. And in that is an opposing, or it's opposing the principles of this deen. Which is why you're a deviant. Which is why you are not upon the sunnah of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You've allowed your desires to corrupt you. You've let your desires be your guide. And in it you have oppressed. And you're humiliated. As Umar ibn Khattabi radiyallahu anhu said, Ju'ila adhillah likulli, and the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam called Ju'ila adhillah likulli man khalafa amri. Humiliation. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said in this hadith of Umar radiyallahu an that humiliation has been placed on everyone that opposes my affair, he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So there's no victory for you in your position to the sunnah. Killing the Muslims, killing non-Muslims out of oppression without the permission and the sultan from Allah. Allah will humiliate you. Well, you are humiliated. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala free the ummah from your likes. Naam. This principle here, ikhwatil kiram, 
is an amazing, amazing principle in our lives, in all our affairs. And that's from the benefits that's taken from this hadith. And finally, from the benefits that we take from this hadith, is that in this hadith, it fulfills a lot of the um, the dururiyat al-khamsa, the five necessities or six necessities that every man needs. The first is the deen. The first is a deen, religion. Everyone needs a religion. And by you not following the deen that has been legislated for you, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, a deen in the Allah al-Islam. The religion that is for Allah, that Allah has chosen, is al-Islam. So the one that has chosen other than Islam is harming himself. He's harming himself, oppressing himself. That verily shirk is indeed an oppression. You're oppressing yourself by not following the deen of Islam, the deen of Tawheed. And the second durura is the durura of the nafs, the human life. Everyone requires religion, that's number one. And everyone requires safety of themselves. And that's number two, preservation of life. And that's number two. And in this hadith, la darar, no harm, uh, is established as it relates to this principle and that necessity that one needs in their life. And another one, number three, is al-mal, wealth. Everyone wants their wealth to be preserved. And in this hadith, don't harm individuals. Don't harm their wealth. Don't oppress them as it relates to their wealth. And another one is al-aql, the intellect. Everyone needs their intellect to be preserved. Their state of mind to be preserved. Which is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated ilm. And seeking of knowledge in order for the intellect to be preserved. Allah says in the Quran today, not understand. Purification. A hadith, ayat of purification to preserve the aql, the intellect, preserve the heart, this condition. Don't harm yourself by introducing to your aql that which harms it. Like bid'ah, exposing your aql to bid'ah, ta'wil, distorting the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, negating them, philosophy, corrupting your mind by delving and swimming and, 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 and drowning in philosophy, as opposed to the Quran and the Sunnah. You're harming your aql. La zarar wa la dirar. And the fifth, Barakallahu Fikum, or sixth, as they mention, is the ird, uh, the honor. Everyone wants their honor to be preserved. The deen of Islam has come to preserve this. The honor of individual. So you cannot make qadh. You cannot accuse an individual of fornication without hujjah, without proof, without four shuhud, without four witnesses seeing you 
do and perform the act literally. Al-Bayyina ala mudai is the hadith that we're going to mention, I believe is the next hadith. In this uh, 40 hadith, Al-Bayyina ala mudai. We'll deal with that next lesson, inshallah. And that is, clarification is upon the one, upon the claimant. Proof is upon the one who claims. So you accuse somebody of something, you have to bring proof and evidence. This is how the deen of Al-Islam has preserved the honor of people. Don't harm the honor of your brother. Don't harm his honor by accusing him of that which he has not done. Naam. So this hadith, as you can see, Barakallahu Fikum, is included in all of the five Duryat al-Khamsa, the five necessities of man, and six, as some of the ulama have mentioned. First being the religion. Everyone needs religion. Don't harm yourself by opposing the deen of Islam. Everyone needs their wealth to be preserved. Everyone needs their honor to be preserved. Everyone needs their intellect to be preserved. Everyone needs their self and their safe being to be preserved. So this shows you the amazing, amazing meaning that is included and inclusive in this amazing hadith. Look at that. Barakallahu feekum. How many words are there in this hadith? La darara wa la dirar. Five words from the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and just think about the meaning that can be extrapolated. And it's clear to see now that we can say, as relates to this hadith, that if one was to write to fulfill and to show the true meaning of this hadith, it will be volumes, mujalladat, it will be volumes and still probably wouldn't be enough. Which leads us to conclude from the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the ability to mention words that are few with immense meaning. كَمَا قَالَ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam لَقَدَ بُعِثْتُ بِجَوَامِعِ الْكَلِمِ I have been sent with the ability to, to mention something concisely few letters, few words, but with immense meaning. And this, without a doubt, is from that a category of narrations where few words are mentioned, but having immense meaning. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us tawfiq, that we benefit from these narrations. And that he subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us tawfiq that in these last 10 days that are approaching, that we are people who Increasing ibadah, increasing siyam, bilikhlas, increasing good deeds in, in salah, in qiyam, qiyam al-layl, imanan wahtisaban, with iman and sincerity, and seeking reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so we may be forgiven, so we may be for the ones that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam يقول غُفِرَ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِهِ So we may be forgiven. We may benefit from these ten days. Tilawa, reading Qur'an, reflecting on the Qur'an. فَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ لَوْ كَانَ مِنْ إِنْدِ غَيْرِ اللَّهِ لَوَجَدُوا فِيهِ اِخْتِلَافٍ كَثِيرًا They not reflect upon and ponder as it relates to the Qur'an. If it was from other than Allah, you will have contradictions.
reflect when we're reading the Quran here, reflect on the ayat, reflect on the meanings with a, a qalb that is wa'i, with a qalb that is wa'i, with a qalb, a heart that is awake, a, a heart that is awake, a heart that is attentive in order to absorb and consume the be- benefits and the the meanings that are in these verses. So we ask Allah subhanahu to give us tawfiq in this last 10 days. Ameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.